I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. You know why we're feeling pretty good? Because there's nothing better than beating the Winnipeg Jets, eh, boys? (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, presented by Inside the Rink, where it's never too late for the Leafs. I'm your host, Roscoe. I got Dari Broder and Beaner here. We're going to do a quick one because... uh, we already uploaded a two-hour episode today uh, after some technical difficulties, and it's late, and this is our second take of this one, so we're just going to give you the meat and potatoes of this. If you haven't already it's checked like it out, take two point five. Yeah, basically. Um, if you haven't already checked it, if you haven't checked it out yet already, our last episode was extra long. We had a post-game and a pre-game and reverse retro breakdown and some lovely insight into all of our personal lives so uh if you haven't checked that one out go listen to it and then come back here cool cool all right cool cool cool. with that let's get into it so steph last episode said that Ilya samsonov is um good and also good for one softy a game and if that is not the definition of how he played tonight i don't know what is (laughs) so we started off with a quick little shitty rebound and Dallas goes up one nothing. Beaner, what did you think of this goal on him? Well, it was a bad rebound, but at the same time, it's there's not a whole ton he could have done there. With the amount of saves he's made off of rebounds so far this season, I, I've been pretty, pretty happy with it. And it, I, I'm not trying to compare myself to an initial goalie in any way, shape, or form. But I've had many, many, many of those games, and everybody used to make fun of me for it, that there was no way in hell I was getting a shutout because I could have the best game of my life, stop everything, <laughs> and there's still going to be one that'll go in off my defenseman's ass or something. Like, <laughs> it, it just, it, you go through streaks where it happens. Yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, if that's the worst part of his game <clears throat> next to his behind-the-net puck handling, then I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, again, I mean, we saw some flashes that was it in preseason or was it one of the first games there where he had the little oopsie behind the net? I don't remember now. Something, 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 tend to goal, something, 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 dangle, right? Yeah, one of those. So um, he had a bit of a spill, but look, he's at least able to fix his mistakes very quickly. That's something that I've noticed with him. Um, he's also good with all the traffic in front of the net, which is something that Leaf goalies have not been good at the last few years. Um, his gloves good, his blockers good, his pads like I don't know. I can't find anything wrong with this guy yet. But yeah. while we're Are talking, we sorry, Darty. While we're talking about Sammy, it's 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 really nice to have a goalie whose fancy stats are actually matching what your eyes are seeing. Yeah, because his expected goals against were three point two six, and his goals saved above expected were two point two seven. Oh, like well, that math works perfectly, eh? <laughs> Well, it, 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 it works really well because he only actually allowed one. And you look at Campbell, for instance. Campbell only allowed one tonight, and his goals saved above expected was only a point nine. Oh, wow. Like, so and that was, that was an indicative of what... <laughs> yeah, that was indicative of what he, he did last all year last year, too. Campbell had what looked like a great game, but if you looked at all the fancy stats in behind it, it wasn't maybe as good as it looked like it was. Gotcha. And I mean, part of that is the Leafs decor is better this year. I mean, it's not super changed from last year, but I think there's just been an all around improvement. Everybody's been playing together longer. Um, Sandine's definitely progressed. So I think 
it's just a better situation for anyone who's in net with the Leafs right now anyway. But I'm glad that Samsonov has been um, has been really claiming the net in Murray's absence. Hey, maybe maybe we do have a flurry Murray situation going on, and I'm okay with that. Or a Jari. I guess this would be more of a Jari Murray situation. But let's do it. Are we ready to say he's elite yet? You know. <laughs> no, I'm not Steph the Fanalist. I'm not calling it that early. Ooh, shots. Uh, oh, <laughs> hey, you can go back and listen to last season. She was calling Jack Campbell elite from like episode four. Love you, Steph. Um, so <laughs> the other... <laughs> hey, she called Carol Vemelka elite in episode one, I think. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? He beat the Leafs. So... Um, the other one that we we saw called up that we've always said is good for one thing a game. Kyle Clifford is good for a penalty a game. Um, did he have more than one tonight? Let me check. Just one. Just the one. Um, that's not bad. But uh, so we, we kind of had this discussion in our first take. But to, to sum it up, do we think that it was worth bringing Kyle Clifford up for this lineup? Because the argument is either you can put somebody that's more skilled in that position or you don't have the physical backup. So like does having him along with Simmons there give the mentality to the other guys that they can cause some shit and they'll have the backup there? Or, <laughs> you know, did you maybe not need Kyle Clifford tonight? What do you guys think? Well, Johnny. Yes. I had an opinion on this, but since this is take three, I'm going with Kyle Clifford is our insurance policy. And that's all he was there to be. Okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This was an eight-minute conversation, and now that we've like convinced ourselves of the conclusion of it, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I I have to agree, Beaner. What do you think? I I think it was a little unnecessary. Like, yes, that you the, the history with this team, right? You look at the injury from Sandine last year, and then the Spezza suspension. Like, I don't think what happened tonight is because Simmons and Clifford were in there. Um. To say that it didn't have an impact on how the rest of the boys played would, well, that'd just be kind of stupid. Um, but I, I don't think that maybe, in my opinion, I don't think it maybe had as massive of an impact as we thought. Because whether they were in there or not, I think with the history of the the recent history of these two teams, that it was going to get chippy and nasty regardless. Especially when you have a piece of shit like PLD on the other team. So, <laughs> yeah, is his game shifting away from like? Uh, being a skilled player and over to like, like is, is he focusing too much on being a pain in the ass and not as much on scoring? Like I don't, well, he, he can't really be that skilled anymore. Like he's still got the size and he can still do the face-offs, but I don't know. Something seems to have changed with him and his skill has dropped off. I don't know if it's demanding the trade out of Columbus and then getting stuck in Winnipeg or what it is, but <laughs> they should have sent very, him to- like Avery esque. Yeah, they should have sent him to Montreal, man. Just take what they were going to pay for it. It probably would have been big. And should have sent him to Arizona. <laughs> but honestly, like if him and his agent wanted it to go to Montreal, just be like, fine. Like we're not dealing with you in the interim. Then, like, get out of here. I don't know why. Bean, are you him. implying that if he goes to Arizona, that would convince Austin Matthews to never want to go to Arizona? <laughs> because he's like, oh, my bully, my bully goes there. Uh, I'm not going back. <laughs> no, just that that who like if he's going to throw that cop that kind of attitude, it'd be one thing if Matthews did that his rookie year coming in scoring 40 goals. But what has Dubois done other than piss people off in Columbus? 
take a, a city that is a hockey city. Everybody that goes there says it's a hockey city, no matter what the outside media thinks. And he's taken that potential there, turned it sour, demanded a trade out of there. And then it's not like he's even shown, yes, look, I have a team around me now. I can do better. He had pieces in Winnipeg when he first got there and he did shit and he still hasn't done anything. Like, give your head a shake, man. Like, really, he shouldn't be getting outscored by Kyle Connor every year. That's that's not that like that. If you told me five years ago, or even like when the Line A Dubois trade went through, that like he would be, I don't know what, like the third or fourth highest scorer on the team. Like, okay, so Columbus won that trade, even though they aren't great yet. But man, I'd rather Line A beside Goudreau than uh, than Dubois. But I just want to point out, though, before we move on, I just think that fourth line is hilarious. Like the optics of it, it's like it's like two Belgian Malinois and a and a pussy cat in the middle. You know, you got the <laughs> like Kyle Clifford, David Camp, Wayne Simmons. Like, like, oh. like Camp, Camp's not going to be be winning you too many fights. But it's just hilarious. Like that, like that. <laughs> you got these two bruisers and this, like, you know, this little kid. Well, Wayne or Wayne Simmons is more of like a Doberman, right? Just kind of lean and pure muscle. Yeah, and I love that Kampf is good at face-off. So it's like he wins it and sends it back, and then they look up, and it's like, oh, we got to get through these guys to get to the puck. Uh-huh. <laughs> these guys are... <laughs> I don't like this anymore. So you know what? Fine. Kyle Clifford was worth it tonight. He got an assist. Um, but really, the star between the two of them tonight, pff, Wayne Simmons, that passed to David Kampf for that goal. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Have you have you ever seen Wayne Train do a behind like through his legs, no looking in front of the net like that? Like, well, it's been about ten years, right? Like, it's not what he's known for anymore. So, um, I love that. I love it that he's like, I'm here, and I'm gonna make my presence known. I'm playing hard tonight, all around, rock hard. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it or you missed it, because you know it's one of those things that it just. It happens so quickly, right? So if you haven't seen that, you go watch it. It is so sick. It is so effing. Sick. Oh yeah, that that's gonna be. <laughs> it's like a like a Michael Jordan moment right there, just like tongue sticking out. All <laughs> that's definitely a highlight of the of the month, if not like on the ones from the season, just because of who it is too. I think that means a little more. Like if it's a star doing that, it's like yeah, that happens. But like, oh, love that it was Simmer. Okay. Honestly, I would consider that on more unsportsmanlike conduct than Morgan Riley just because the, you <laughs> because it's just shaming everybody who is there for that play. Like look at like I'm pretty sure it was Shifley who had a really good opportunity to steal that puck and I'm sure he do, he was caught looking, right? Cuz like it's ridiculous. It's so it's such I said like it's very like, you know, Michael Jordan-esque like just like a slam dunk of a move, right? A little alley-oop. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Um so we got to give the star of the night though to the captain, John Tavares, because holy shit, he was on fire tonight. He almost had a hat trick. Like, can we get a yay? Let's soundboard yay. One sec, one sec. Let me get to my. Where is it? Where is it? Three, two, one. Um, um, here it is. <laughs> yay. Yay, JT. So he opens the scoring uh, for the Leafs, at least, with a beauty, like absolute beauty. Um, and he also got another one on the power play. So both of them run the power play, which is great because they've been a little hot and cold on the power play. Some games have been good, but the ones that aren't good have been really bad. So glad that that was clicking. Um, 
I don't know, Beaner, what was your what was your favorite part of JT tonight as Capitano star? Um basically just his his hunger. He looked like the JT from what would it have been the 20 geez 20 what 2009 or something World Juniors when like I can't even remember what year he was last at the World Juniors but he that it looked like JT of old. Yeah, it's almost we know that he's not a a fast skater, but it's almost like when he's on his game, he moves quickly. Like the the way that he can reposition himself and get to the to wherever the puck is and uh, and set people up. It's it's like he's moving in a different gear. And he's he was very definitely on that tonight. He's very cerebral, right? Especially when he's really on his game. Like his his hockey knowledge is so massive, and he can read the game so well that it doesn't matter that he's not the fastest player on the ice. He's still going to beat you there because he knows that you're going there before you do. That's a good point. Beating you. It makes me want to 40 chess, no, go for it. 40 chess, baby. <laughs> it makes me want to open up my box of recipe 91, just because I want to <laughs> have a little bit of what JT's got. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, so the Leafs at that point are up three to one after, um, they went down one nothing, which is nice, you know. Early goal against, it's never good. But uh, to start the game on. To start the game on time, boys. Uh, but really, I know it's an empty net goal. But Michael Bunting, that was beautiful. Things rolling, he chased after it and just gave it a little whack. That angle was what not speed? easy. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he's fast. Also, speaking of fast, you know what though? I'll go. For um, Robertson, one timer tonight. Did you see that clock? Ninety six miles an hour. Um, ow, and holy shit, get it in the net next time. But like, that's dangerous, dude. Speaking of Robertson, did we not skip over like the most important part of this game? <laughs> Which is what? The little scrum diddly umptious that happened. Uh, didn't he get decked? And then Morgan Riley had to come in and just. Uh, oh, it was uh, Robertson that's that got hit that started that whole thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously we knew there were going to be fights in this game. Uh, I took the over for uh, one and a half fights, um, from Mike's little prediction in our, our group chat. Um, I'm glad I did. Cause I mean, I don't know how many of those were considered actual fights, but like there were three full line brawls. Uh, but the last one was the, the one that I think was the end of the second period actually, because Riley ended up leaving. It was about three and a half minutes left until the third period. Um, and the Leafs ended up going up on the power play. So I think everybody was kind of confused on that one because it looked like we were going to go down, but somehow two Jets ended up going to the box and only Riley for the Leafs. So let's take it. Well, that was the Sandine one, wasn't it? The Sandine one, we came out of it with a power play. If I remember correctly, I don't think we came out with a power play after the Riley one. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Thanks. Confusing two of those. Yeah, douche boy was douching it up and... You know, wanted to wanted to play uh, patty cake with uh, Sandine. Well, okay, so Sandine is going for the hit, and people are saying out there that this was dirty. Okay, yeah, Perfetti turned a little bit. It's no worse than the Marner one. In fact, it's no. even a little better because friggin' Perfetti had his diving suit on. My God, his legs <laughs> flailing back there. What was it that you said on? Uh, his on legs Twitter? flailed back like a. F- Fawn jumping through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, 
anything else in the game before I go to questions? I mean, it was just it, this was an exciting game to watch. I think that's that's all it was. Like we all had this one marked because we knew it was going to be physical, but for the Leafs to also win it four to one is just it's oh, it feels so good. Just it gives them no I, I was I was really happy. Like yes, they're both minus ones, but. Sandine had over 20 minutes. Hall had 21 minutes. They were actually a relatively decent pair together. Like, Sandine, I felt... I've always been a big Sandman fan. You guys know this. He was all over the place tonight. He was jumping up on the rush, and he was still coming back and breaking up the play. Like, this is the Sandine that we've been waiting for. This is the Sandine that, you know, should have been holding out for more money. Like... (laughs) I, there's not too much that I can be upset with over the game tonight because even Matthews, like, okay, he didn't score. He had three assists. Like they're also starting, they're, they're starting to kind of monitor the minutes a little bit too. When was the last time we had a game like this and Marner and Matthews were both under 20 minutes? Were they actually? Yeah. With that many Tavares was plays. 17, wow. Matthews was 19, Marner was 19. So they really spread it out tonight. And I saw Jan Croak out a lot tonight. So they were really getting down to the third and fourth lines, which is nice, especially when you're against the team where, look, we saw it last time. People can get hurt in these games, especially when things aren't getting called. So, I mean, if you can protect the guys by just shaving a couple minutes off their game, like, I mean, it's it's worth it in the long run, especially if you can still win. Clifford had nine. That was the lowest on the forwards. And then for defense, Mete had 15. Like the defense was very well spread out. Wow. If they can continue to do this throughout the season, it's going to leave guys a little fresher for the playoffs. Yeah. And I've liked how Mete's looked since he's come up into the lineup. So uh, pluses all around. Is this not like the most official minutes he's played since like that was a five minute major? <laughs> Where he got, did he get, he got ejected from that game too, didn't he? <laughs> Which one? He got, I thought he got cl- hurt, cl- didn't he? No, remember, remember the the uh, against Tampa where he like comes oh, out Clifford? for like five five seconds and just <laughs> just acts like an asshole. Oh yeah, Clifford. Then leaves the game. Yeah, yeah. When he got suspended, stupid. Well, Peter's saying he's got nine minutes, which is the lowest. But I'm like, oh, for him, that's like the most minutes he's played in a long time. That's fair, time. actually. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to questions here. Uh, Lucas Hainsworth, what up, Luke man? Uh, 4-1, enjoyed that victory. What was different in our game style from last year's bloodbath? Um, what was different? I mean, really, a, a serious injury like what happened to Sandine and similarly what happened to Taveras in the Montreal series, it's, it's hard to get, come back from that. Like, that's a blow emotionally to the whole team that's going to scramble everybody and unfortunately give the upper hand to the Jets. So I think the fact that this time they were prepared for what attitude Winnipeg was going to come out with, I think that just gave them the advantage they needed just not to be caught off guard. And and like I said, just protect some of the stars and, and have Simmons and Clifford out there. And now the lineups built out a bit more like guys like yarn croak. And, um, and like I said, like Mete on defense and I don't know. Austin I think Reese. The, Aston Reese, yeah. I think there was just a, a different makeup this time. I don't know. Beaner, anything Can, you want to add? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, not to go completely off the board here either, but it might sound a little crazy considering the last couple of weeks everybody's been saying, oh, the Leafs aren't, aren't able to win these games against bottom feeders. They don't look engaged, yada, yada, yada. What has happened since that last game against the Jets? They took 
a three a team that's been to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row to a Game 7 and gave them their hardest challenge since they lost in the Finals last year. They have the confidence to show like, hey, we can go into seven-game series, not get completely pushed around and beaten. We can outplay them because I don't care what you say. They outplayed them that series. They just couldn't score in the final game. A couple bounces can, can go either way, and the Leafs could have made it past that round. So now they have that confidence to know, okay, because Tampa's a, a deceivingly physical team. They always have been. Oh, yeah. And not a lot of people give them credit for it. So they were thrown around by Tampa, still were able to do what they wanted to do, and they can take what they learned there and use it in a game like this. Like, okay, you guys won your quote-unquote Stanley Cup against us last year. <laughs> it's not happening again. Yeah, one too many series against Corey Perry will do that to a team, eh? <laughs> so uh, next one, fun guy, Southpaw Cal, double, W double, double, double. Oh my God, so many doubles. Yes, double win. Double double, but not from Tim Hortons. Um, Leonardo Ronca at Leonardo Ronca. Um, at Ronca Leonardo, sorry. Uh, does he repeat his hot start wow. like last year? Who's he? Let's pick a he. <laughs> the question That's is That's a he, valid question. Does he repeat his heart's hot start from last year? Um, pick a he and say if they will or not. Um, no, because no one on the Leafs almost ever has a hot start. That is the correct um, answer. <laughs> like e- e- even Matthews, Matthews was injured to start the year last year. When he came in, he was a little bit slow, and then he still blew the league away with goals. Maybe, maybe Tavares, because Tavares is on fire right now, and you know Marty Zolstra and I have been calling it all year. He's hitting a hundred. All summer, we've been saying Tavares is hitting 100, and everybody's laughed at us. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, I'm looking at this. Leonardo replied the question to when um, when Bunting scored. So maybe he's talking about Bunting. I don't think Bunting started hot last year, though, because he wasn't even on uh, the first line at the beginning of last year. Yeah, I know. He had to work his way up. Maybe he's referring to the work that was required to, to get to the first line. Yes, he's still working. Uh, next one from James work, at work, Offside work, Hockey work, Talk. Work. What up, James? Um, thoughts on the whole squad getting involved physically with Simmer and Cliffy? And I mean, I guess we talked about this, but um, I think it's good that they have the ability to throw one or two guys into there very cheaply that can completely change the attitude of the team and give them a physical confidence that they normally don't have. And hopefully it kind of hangs over for a couple games without those guys there, you know, like they it can keep them in that mentality for, you know, at least two weeks or something before they got to bring them up again, kind of like a, um, a cool down on the buff. <laughs> well, Johnny, it should like, it should never take the media to tell you to stand up for your guys. Right. And the way things are now, it's looking like it's becoming a second nature to these, uh, you know, these young and old Leafs on this team, right? Like look at Morgan Riley. The guy's been on the, on the team since like, you know, feels like, feels like he's been on it for 20 years now and he's an absolute beauty tonight, right? Just sticking up and, you know, yeah, obviously you got to take your lump. You got to take that unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever the hell that garbage fucking call was, but Hey, basically, you know, what did, what did it mean 
to the boys and what did it mean to the fans? And yeah, you get on sports conduct, but to everybody at home, to everybody on that bench, that is the absolute fire that we need. All right. That is the, as Marty Zilstra always says, passion TM. That is the passion that unites us all. And that's what we want to see. All right. Like, I don't know if we're just talking about fighting, we're just talking about being rough. We're talking about like doing it in a smart way. Like this whole game, this like as uh, some asshole used to say, oh, it was great hockey, all right? I don't care who you are. It was great hockey. Good work out there, boys. <laughs> it was great. That's what we want to see. That is what we want to see, right? Like, yeah, nobody wants to see, you know, people absolutely bloodied and are never going to play again. But we do want to see a fight, right? We, I, I mentioned this before. So this is the second time I'm saying this. But we love to see that dog, right? <laughs> we had two dogs in our team today, but we wanted to, like – you know, not just the outward dog. We want to see the dog within, right? That, you know, when they say we got that dog in him, Morgan Riley had that dog in him. Tavares had that dog in him. Fucking Camp had that dog in him. <laughs> yeah, this is Let's this go, is boys. not the same team that is going to sit back and let Jason Spezza punch people in the face for them and take their fights because that was embarrassing. And they have shown that they've all grown. They've all, you know, they're all willing to throw the hits and stand up for each other. And I'm glad because they were, uh, I was tired of hearing about it in the media, basically. <laughs> uh, next up, Mike, the fanatic. Thanks, Mike. Uh, hey, boys, is there anything better than beating the Jets? <laughs> no, there's not. This is honestly becoming my favorite team to beat after like two games of this shit. Um, then fun guy, Southpaw Cal. Is there anything better than beating Winnipeg in their own barn asking for a friend? Again, like, no, this is fantastic. It's also great beating them when they're wearing blue. All right, that's it. I don't and like fun the, fact: the red pants. By the way, on that note, but fun fact: fun fact that was also Rick Bonus's first official game behind the bench. Wait, why? Because he's had COVID since they started the year. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Last question from Steph, the fanalist. Miss me? Of course we do. Why aren't you here? <laughs> You there hasn't elite? been enough. We still there has it. not been enough use of the word elite tonight without her. Yeah, and you could have suffered through technical difficulties with us. It would have been fun. It would have brought us all closer together as a uh, as a unit. You know, suffer together and grow together. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think she had a premonition that there was going to be technical difficulties, and she did not want to get drawn any closer to us three. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's something magnetic going on with us. I don't know. Okay, so. This want us to grow as a team, and you know, maybe if I get into a scrap, that Steph will Morgan Riley for me and beat the shit out of somebody. That's <laughs> that's how I feel. We grow as a team, right? Um, yeah. So looking forward to the next game. Who are we playing next? I have to check that. Vegas. Vegas. Oh my gosh! So Monday, yeah. ten p.m. start against Vegas. Oh boy. So um, what do we think? We got Jack Eichel for the first time. Um. That should be fun. <laughs> this uh, this should be the first time the Leafs have faced a southpaw in a while as well, because I'm assuming they're going to dress Logan Thompson for it. And yeah, and he's been good. He has been. Now, Like I know we chirped him a little bit because he's basically fresh out of Brock University, and that's not normally a path for NHL goaltenders to come from. But uh, credit where credit's due. It's also not normally a path for NHL GMs to come from, but I don't know. I, I would put more money on the fact that we're going to see a, an extra GM or two come from Brock over an NHL goaltender. <laughs> no offense to anybody that went to Brock. My buddy Nate's one of them. Hey, bud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, fun fact, though, uh, just a little update on the scores tonight. Buffalo's up to nothing over Vancouver, and uh, it's halfway through the second period. Bruce, not... there he goes. Yeah, like this might be the quickest in and out for a coach in a while. <laughs> like, what do you do here? Which, you know, it, honestly, it kind of hurts because he is, you know, a Leafs alum, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think it's silly that this. Vancouver Canucks team just gets to keep chasing coaches out of town while they can't seem to figure out what they're doing. Well, not only that, like he's one of the nicest guys you can come across in the game of hockey. He's not your stuck up pig headed coach. Like he's not a Babcock who's going to make people feel like shit. Like he's a genuinely nice person. He's a player's coach. Players tend to love him. And I think there's only been maybe two seasons if you include last year which most people don't that he hasn't made the playoffs when he's been coach of a team like he has an incredible track record for the regular season his team score and they win he's just never been able to get over that hump in the playoffs he's the Leafs of of coaches well and I on the other side I feel like Vancouver has not really recovered since their really long COVID break shutdown that they had like where the whole team was sick and they just we're kind of out of commission for like the better part of a month. They have not been able to get back on the on track since then. Like that really ruined this team. Like I'm, I'm not trying to pin it all on one thing, but like it seems like since then, Pedersen's development has kind of slowed down. Hughes has been like, I mean, they're good, but they're not like carrying the team over the hump like they should be. I don't know. Also, it's, it's like, hard to watch. Not that I want to completely shit on one specific player, but when they both came in. That's exactly what you want to Not do. this player, anyways. When they both came into the league, everybody compared Makar to Hughes, um, Quinn Hughes, that is, defenseman-wise. They're completely different galaxies. Like, call up friggin' Han Solo with his Millennium Falcon and go light speed to get from one galaxy to another to get from this player to that player. Like, Quinn Hughes is, in my opinion, he's not a defenseman to build a franchise around. He's a great defenseman. He is. But he's not a Makar. So I think they've kind of gone about the structure of this team all like completely wrong. Yeah. It doesn't seem like anybody has really stepped up to be the core of this team yet. And I mean, the trades they made to bring in Oliver Ekman Larson seems to not have panned out either. Like, I don't It seems like everything they try there, it doesn't work. I don't know. They can't get anything that gels. So they beaten. can't, they have a great goalie. They have great it's, pieces. It's, it's been 10 years since OEL was relevant. Yeah, it's also been ten years that they've been trying to get him. I think so. Some of those. <laughs> so, so Bean, yeah. does does this mean that maybe Rachel Dory was onto something, or? I that's such a weird scenario. Um, because I'd seen before she got hired, I had read a couple things of some some of the treatment that she had to put up with leading up to that. Um, and this isn't the episode to get into all of that, but when all of a sudden it came out of nowhere that she was gone, I kind of thought that was a little sketchy and it's unless I've completely missed something, it's, it's been very vague, the information that they've actually given us about what happened. Yeah. All I can find is that she was there and now she's gone and she's got a lawyer, a labor yeah. one. So I'm waiting to see what that turns into. But again, we're not going to just speculate when the thing's out. Um, anything we should end on here? Here, how about this? 
What's one thing you want to see the Leafs either continue or something that you would like to see finally happen uh, in the next game against Vegas? Darty? Uh, continue to uh, uh, spank teams like this is a like a frat house initiation line <laughs> all the way to all the way to Anaheim. That would be incredible. You know, it would be great. It's great. Uh, it's a great visual. <laughs> it is uh, absolutely what this team needs because uh, you know only two days ago the alarm bells were ringing. Um, I'm sure they're due for another greasy loss just because. Uh, I don't think, like, yeah, it was great that uh, Robertson kind of came and saved our ass in Dallas. Uh, the Dallas game, I felt, was still uh, kind of a little too close to call. This game is great. This is exactly what we need. But you know my, you know what my issue is with this game? The, the only thing, because life is about patterns, right? Life is about habits. And <laughs> the one thing that drives me nuts is when the Leafs have a win like this, what is something that happens? They get complacent, yeah. all right? And if they can avoid that, if they can actually fucking keep the fire under their asses and, you know, as I said, have a put all these teams on an initiation line with the paddle out and start smacking some ass all the way to Anaheim, <laughs> that would be incredible. But if they get complacent, if they get cocky, because, yeah, Marner and Matthews haven't scored yet, it's great to be bobbing for apples, but, like, you know, if you start losing and these guys aren't scoring, then we have problems. So let's keep up the hard and good work. Do not quit because we're not over the hill just yet. And I think the the best thing to pull out of the Winnipeg game moving forward, I guess, on the point of not getting complacent is that this wasn't an easy game to win. This wasn't like every shot went in. It was a cakewalk. It was stars being stars. This was like JT doing a lot of the work with the goals. This was uh, Simmons and Clifford being physical. This was Riley being physical. This was Sandy and being physical. Brody, everybody stepping up uh, physically to fight their way to this win. And I think that's something that should stick with them going into Vegas that, you know, sometimes it's not going to be easy and you can't just keep firing them and, and getting, a, getting you know, six, seven goals. So um, hopefully this this keeps them on their toes. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit in, in that sense that it's it definitely wasn't an easy game to win. And then if you break it down a little deeper, like Matthews and Eichel have always kind of had a little thing going against each other, right? Like they've played on, on similar teams before. They've kind of grown up around each other. They're both young Americans, all-stars. Of course. Like when it was Toronto-Buffalo, they used to go back and forth scoring against each other and they had a riot, right? Like, I don't think this is going to be a hard game for them to get up for either, despite coming off of such an emotional victory against the Jets. So I'm more so just trying to see if they can continue to, like what we touched on tonight, spread everything out more. Not, yes, you have these superstars, you have a generational talent in Matthews, but you know what? Unless he's having a three, four goal game, like you're feeling it like that, continue to spread the minutes out a little bit let them ease themselves back in especially like you saw on the bench a couple times matthew's wincing from that cross check still from bent oh yeah like consistently keep to maybe try to roll your four lines spread it out a little bit get everybody in the groove get everybody feeling like they're a part of this team and contributing 
and it's only going to it's only going to continue to help us going forward. 100%. I think uh, the Leafs are in good shape heading into Vegas. I know they're not going to be an easy team either. I mean, Eichel's in good shape right now. Marsha so just scored in the game they're playing. Uh, they're they're fighting against Colorado right now. So this is not going to be an easy match. Logan Thompson has been decent. He's let in like three goals every game. But like, I mean, they haven't been easy games. So I'll give it to him. I'm defending him because he's my fantasy goalie on like three teams because he was easy to grab at the end of the draft. But... <laughs> There's, there's, there's a couple guys that have broken it down as well. Um, like I'm, I've always said, I'm, I'm big on Sirius XM. I listen to them a lot and, uh, I believe it was Kevin Woodley is on there and he's like one of the goalie gurus that they always go to talk to about goalies. And when the whole flurry Leonard thing was happening, when they originally got Leonard, he was kind of a little surprised at it. And people were saying, Oh, Leonard, he's the next guy to go to in fantasy, this and that. And, Woodley was kind of pumping the brakes on a little bit. Like, hey, if you break everything down, Vegas isn't that great of a team defensively. Like, they have some of the the worst high danger shot against numbers in the league, and they have since they came in. They just had an unreal performance from Flurry trying to prove it to everybody that he wasn't washed up at the time. Like, they should not have moved on from Flurry when they did. Yes, it looks like a good idea now, but at the same time, they've went and pissed Leonard off. And, you know, instead of getting surgery over the summer and potentially being back for the season, nope, he's done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel bad for the Vegas Golden Knights or anything that's happened to them because they have played it fast and loose since they came into the league. So anything they've done, they've done to themselves. eh. They're just a fun team to watch. (laughs) And they they clearly went into this uh, NHL and, uh, you know, didn't realize the the rules of the game you know they're like just start spending like uh like that one guy monopoly who just goes all out and buys every single property and then is absolutely leveraged by the by turn three he's like wait a second i got no money (laughs) can't even afford 15 can't even afford 15 bucks at mediterranean they didn't realize (laughs) that this isn't shell and they can't just restart a new bagm season (laughs) oh god okay so we're gonna call it there Uh, we're about 30 nine minutes thanks for tuning in to leafs late night we're gonna be back um on monday probably tuesday morning i don't know but sometime between monday night and tuesday morning we'll have a breakdown of the vegas golden knights game thank you so much this has been leafs late night we'll see you next time oh we got an outro yours was so good though Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Feels great to beat the Jets.